One day, when large groups of people were walking with him, Jesus turned and told them, Anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, children, brothers, sisters, and yes, even one's own self can't be my disciple. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. I wanted this morning as we start out to share that passage again, I'm using, I wanted to use the um, Message Bible um, that some of you might be familiar with. It's by Eugene Peterson. It's a kind of a translation of the Bible that's in everyday language, and I kind of like to use it in sermon preparation because it pretty much just gets to the point there. So as we've heard that passage again, it's interesting that no matter what version we use, this is a hard passage to understand. We don't understand why Jesus would tell those gathered around him to hate their relatives. Now, most people know Jesus is using hyperbole to get a message across. He's trying to talk about the fact that following Christ, discipleship is a serious matter. You're going to have to be all in. There's nothing that can really hold you back. But even knowing that, it's still hard to deal with this. Because it means not having to deal with the fear of sometimes placing something above those you care about very, very much. But there's another thing that has bothered me with this passage, and it's that it almost seems to desire, at least on first glance, a very joyless existence. We're told to give up everything, give up possessions, give up friends, give up family. And so you hear all of this, to give up, and then even to shoulder a cross, and it kind of sounds like, why would I join this parade? I don't really want to be part of it. Now, none of this is to say that following Christ is going to be a cakewalk. There are always going to be challenges. And I think that's part of what this passage is about. We will face challenges. And we will face those times when we have to choose between what's more important. But I'm wondering if we should be looking at this passage in a different way. That maybe it's not simply about giving up everything, about leaving everything behind as much as it is to delve into something, to dive in, to fall in, to fall in love into something. As I was preparing this, I was reading a a short essay by the late Christian philosopher Dallas Willard. And it was interesting because he talks about the fact that discipleship is not a form of drudgery, but it's more like a love story. It's about entering into God's reality, entering into and acknowledging that we are in God's world. 
it doesn't mean that we have to sell everything and go off to live with yaks. What it does mean is we start to see things differently. It's like putting on a new pair of glasses and how the world changes when you have those new pair of, of eyeglasses. I want to share a little bit of what he said. I'm learning from Jesus how to lead my life, my whole life, my real life. Note, please, I am not learning from him how to lead his life. His life on earth was a transcendently wonderful one, but it has now been led. Nor I or anyone else, even himself, will ever lead it again. And he is, in any case, interested in my life. There lies my need. I need to be able to lead my life as he would lead it as if he were I. So as his disciple, I am not necessarily learning how to do special religious things, either as a part of full-time service or as a part of part-time service. My discipleship to Jesus is, within clearly definable limits, not a matter of what I do, but how I do it. And it covers everything, religious or not. So being a disciple of Jesus, a disciple of Christ, means that every aspect of our lives is infused with God. What we do from getting up in the morning until we go to bed at night matters to God. It's not just limited to a Sunday morning. It is 24-7, 365. If you want to understand what it means to see God in a different way and to see how discipleship can change the way that you view things. I want to share an example of my own life. I didn't expect to be here this morning. When I started seminary about 16 years ago, I wasn't sure about this whole being a pastor. I accepted going to seminary. I wanted to do that. But knowing that I was not necessarily a people person, I thought, well, okay, maybe I'll teach, but I'll never be in a church. Then I was in a church for five years at First Christian Church in Minneapolis, and it wasn't so bad. But around the same time that I started at First Christian Minneapolis, I'd also been diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, which some of you might know is a mild disorder of autism. And so I thought, okay, I can do the associate pastorship because it's clearly defined. I can understand how to do that. But I don't think I could just lead a church all by myself. There's no way I could do that. I just can't. Yeah. I'm here this morning. So obviously, God knows something more than I do. And at this point, maybe I should just quit while I'm ahead. But that's the thing. Discipleship will take us places that we never expect to go. Discipleship means that when our entire life, when our 
when it includes not just the hour that we're here in church, but our work life, our life of leisure, is all under God. It takes some surprising turns. I tend to have sermon titles, and I forgot to put it in this bulletin. Um, But the sermon title actually is, Oh, the Places You'll Go. And if you're familiar with it, it is a book from Dr. Seuss. And actually, I talked about this on Facebook Friday night. I said I'm including Dr. Seuss in a sermon. I got tons of responses. Obviously, everyone was excited about that. This book was basically the last book that came out before Theodore Geisel's death, Dr. Seuss, in 1991. This came out in 1990. And ever since it's been out, now it's been out for about 23 years, sales tend to spike in the spring. They are always given out as graduation gifts. And I can attest to that because I worked in a bookstore in 1992, spring of 1992, that book was just flying off the shelves. We could not keep it in stock because everyone wanted that book. And as I was preparing for this sermon and reading all the places you'll go, I started to think about discipleship and about this congregation and how, what that means of discipleship as being on a journey, on an adventure. So, if you're willing, I'd like to share a little bit of the text from all the places you'll go. Congratulations, today is your day. You're off to great places, you're off and away. You have brains in your head, you have feet on your shoes, you can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own. You're on your own, sorry, lost my place here. You're on your own and you know what you know. You are the guy who'll decide where to go. You'll look up and down streets, you'll look over them with care. And some will say to you, I don't choose to go there. With your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down not any not so good street. And you may not find any you want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of town. It's opener there in the wide open air. Out there, things can happen and frequently do to people as brainy and footsy as you. And then things start to happen. Don't worry, don't stew. Just go right along you'll start happening too. Oh, the places you'll go. Discipleship is a challenge. There is no way of getting around that. But that's not the only thing about discipleship. It is also a journey. It is also an adventure. It is about seeing God in everything that we do and being excited to find out where God will show up. So this morning, as we kind of start again and start in a new phase of this congregation, today is the day. 
With Jesus we are off to great places. Oh, the places we'll go. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.